House Flipping HQ Podcast, episode 22. Let's do this. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, what's going on, my fellow house flippers? Hope you're all having a fantastic day. Hope you're loving my intros. I put so much time and effort into these, and I've been practicing so long. So, Hope you're really enjoying those. I'm having fun with it. I think my goal every week is to see how much I can embarrass my wife with uh, the corniest singing or intros on each episode. And so far, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. So we'll see what else we can come up with. Really quick, before we get to our show for today, I want to remind everybody about the live webinar I will be doing tomorrow. If you are listening to this call later on, I will also be doing another one the following Thursday. So the first live webinar I'll be doing will be Thursday, January the 23rd. Uh, It starts at 6 o'clock Pacific time, 9 o'clock Eastern. I will be discussing uh, how I run my house flipping business and how you can create your own house flipping business. And then we will go into details about the mastermind group, which we are putting together. And then we'll do a Q&A and I will answer any questions you have live. So if you're loving what you're hearing here at House Flipping HQ and on the website, but you would like you know a little more accountability, you'd like to be a part of a group, you want to be able to take any deal that you have to a group of fellow house flippers and have them hear their thoughts on it. See what they have to say. You know, share resources, give support to one another, uh, learn some additional information. Then go ahead and go to housewinghq.com/mastermind, and you can sign up for that webinar. I will tell you that we are going to be launching this thing at an ultra, ultra low price. My goal is to have the price always be uh, incredibly affordable, especially compared to some of the other programs you see out there. However, we're going to start it ultra low. I don't even know. I know it's pretty low. So <laughs> I may go back and forth a little before it, but, uh, but anyway, I just want to, um, you know, give a really big incentive for the early adopters and for those who believe in us and, and can see the bigger vision, which we have here. Okay. So on to our guest for today. Today's guest, uh, we just really hit it off. Marty and I actually have a lot in common. I did not know Marty before this call. So it's kind of interesting. It's almost like we got to know each other more on the call. And he does a lot of things kind of similar to what I do. Some things are actually very different. Pretty interesting. We actually ended up talking after the interview for quite a while. And we both learned a lot from each other. And I'm actually trying to get him to move out here now eventually. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. Marty runs a housing business. He lives in Arizona, but he flips 2,000 miles away. And he currently has like 20 something projects going on in an area 2,000 miles away. I mean, talk about a guy who just doesn't let anything get in his way. 
I mean, I'm not saying everybody should be doing that, but you got to have some great systems. So I'm just really impressed with what he's doing. He really motivated me. And uh, I don't know. I'm really excited to share this interview. I hope you like it. Let's get to it. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Without any further ado, I give you Marty Boardman. <laughs> All right, House Flipping Nation, hope everyone has had a fantastic week. Uh, I'm super excited about our guest today, Marty Boardman. I heard him quite a while ago on a different podcast, and I was pretty amazed with some of the similarities of how we go about thinking about the way to create our house flipping business. He talked about the four flipping boxes. As you know, I sometimes mention the four house flipping pillars, but we kind of break it down in a similar way. And I was just really impressed with some of the systems he has and uh, some of the things he has going on. So really excited. He's got a book. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. So he's just been uh, done a really good job. I'll let him give a little more of his background um, and kind of catch up to speed where he is today. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Marty Boardman. How's it going, Marty? Good, Justin. How are you today? Doing awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of what you have going on right now and the success that you've had recently in your business and how you run your business, let's give us a little bit of background, um, help those who are just getting started, be able to connect a little more, know that you you know weren't born from the womb, flipping houses like a madman. Give us a little bit of that background. Sure. So I got into real estate in 2002, part-time 2001, full-time in 2002. And prior to that, I was a TV news uh, cameraman. I, oh, nice. I, I worked for the uh, CBS affiliate uh, where I live here in Phoenix and did that for about 10 years. I was the guy you'd see schlepping around the 100 pounds of camera gear, awesome. the, the camera, the <laughs> tripod, uh, the light kit. And, uh, you know, basically at the end of 10 years, it was really just like a light bulb went off. One day I woke up and I'm like, you know, I really hate this. I hate this job. Uh, I hate the hours. Uh, I hate working weekends and nights and holidays. And uh, I hate working during the, the sweeps periods, which you know, would be those times when the uh, advertisers were uh, calculating what they were going to charge uh, as far as their rates would go. So that would be February, May, July, oh, and November. So I had to work all those months. I just got fed up with it. And yeah. unfortunately, uh, for a guy who's only schlepped camera gear around for 10 years. Uh, there aren't a lot of other opportunities out there. there wow. the, the, the job opportunities were very limited. And so right around the same time in 2001, I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Nice. Uh, and uh, to this day, still have the, uh, the cash flow quadrant nice. uh, plus sign burned into, into my brain. But I read that book and it became very clear to me that in order to create financial freedom, financial wealth for myself and uh, my family, I, I have to go into real estate. It, you know, it seemed like that's kind of what the common man or common woman, that was the best course of action. That was the best way to go. I, I didn't, I uh, wasn't very good at golf. I didn't have a very good handicap, so I wasn't going to become a pro <laughs> golfer. And uh, certainly uh, I wasn't going to invent a, a computer or a software program that was going to make me rich. Uh, I couldn't dunk a basketball, uh, too small to play football. So I said, well, I guess this real estate thing is for me. And so I did what most new real estate investors do. Uh, I spent some I money, I hopped on a plane, and I, I went to a weekend uh, seminar or workshop in Denver, Colorado, and I uh, got 
uh, pitched numerous systems on lease options and foreclosures and yep. and whatnot. And I walked uh, out of that uh, workshop with about twelve hundred dollars worth of books and CDs and came home and, and studied. Uh, probably unlike a lot of people, I actually read and listened to every last word and every and uh, listened to every cassette tape, which is what they were back then. Yeah. And actually went out and did a couple deals and nice. made a few bucks awesome. and conned my wife into letting me quit my job as a TV news cameraman in 2002. <laughs> she was three months pregnant at the time. So, you know, she really uh, believed in me. And in the first year uh, on my own, I made about 24,000 bucks. Nice. Uh, second year, uh, you know, my wife said, you know, this what is year was that part. your first year? Uh, 2002. Okay, so, cool. Uh, 2002. So, yeah, 2003 comes around and, you know, 24 grand isn't bad, I guess, but yeah. it was a lot less, a third of what I was making okay. in TV. So my wife was like, started using ugly words like job <laughs> uh, and going back to work. So I, I basically uh, did what most, you know, semi new real estate investors do next. I spent more money and I flew further away, Perfect. Uh, flew to Atlanta and took a, a course on how to get lenders fighting to give you money was nice. the name of the course. Because I was convinced if I had more money, I could do more deals. Yep. And the four, it was a four-day workshop, complete waste of money, complete waste of time. Uh, but uh, came back uh, to Phoenix pretty discouraged. And uh, luckily, I, I don't know what made me do this, but I reached out to a local real estate attorney and I told him about going to Denver, going to Atlanta and spending all this money. And he gave me really the best piece of uh, advice I had gotten really up until this day. I mean, he told me, quit wasting your time and your money flying all over the country listening to these gurus. He's like, go find a, a real estate investor in your market somewhere in Phoenix who's doing this stuff and and learn from them. You know, Love it. buy them coffee, take them out to lunch, tag along, follow along if they'll let you, yep. you know, serve them some way, but help them. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I actually uh, went to a just a little one day uh, class on foreclosures and short sales. It was actually a continuing ed class for realtors. Okay. And the, uh, there was a guy in the room, uh, sat in the back of the room who turned out that uh, I got to talking to him during a break and he worked for a local real estate investor and connected us. And I went, kind of worked for him for about a year as his bird awesome. dog, basically. Great. Yeah. If I'd find him deals, he showed me everything. He yeah. showed me how to find the foreclosures, how to door knock, oh, how to talk great. to homeowners in foreclosure, what to do once I actually got him to, to agree to sell the house, how to write a contract, how to open escrow, how to close the deal, how to get paid, how to, you know, the whole thing. It was a one-year apprenticeship. So what, what and, was your agreement with him? I'm just curious. I know a lot of people are looking, you know, to get started and trying to figure yeah, out ways so they can do that. So, yeah. Sure. Obviously, this guy was very bright. You know, you have to uh, you got to be very cautious if you're going to be working as a bird dog or as a wholesaler mm -hmm. that you don't uh, trip or stumble into the role of a, a broker where you're brokering a deal between two parties. So the way we would set it up, it was perfectly legal, is I had my own LLC and I would, uh, of course, he would give me these foreclosure leads, you know, and he, uh, you know, he subscribed to a service that he got them from mm -hmm. and he would do all the analysis on the front end and then I would go and talk to the homeowner in foreclosure and if they agreed to sell me the house, they would sign a contract with, cool. with my LLC. And then I knew that he would buy it from So me. you were knocking, you were knocking the doors. Yeah, I was doing nice. the door knocking. And I knocked at about 60 to 80 doors every weekend for about a year and a half. What I love is that I see a lot of people and I get, I mean, with the new thing I'm doing, I'll probably get about a lunch um, request every day. <laughs> and yeah. I just can't do them all right. But right. Um, what I love that you did was I mean, you really worked hard. You know, a lot of people just want that magic secret. You went out yeah. and you worked hard for this guy, but you added value. I mean, you were knocking doors. 
how many people are willing to get out there and knock doors to learn this yeah. business? And I think that's kind of almost the level. I'm not saying everyone needs to go knock doors, but that's almost the level of what you need to be willing to do, I think, to, yeah. to get started in this business. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, that, uh, you know, for example, you know, I live in Phoenix and as we speak on the radio, I've been hearing ads the last week and a half now from, oh, um, my you know, God. boasting about uh, his weekend workshop. It's going to be this weekend. Yep. He's offering two free tickets. Uh, he's looking to build his team here in the Phoenix area. Simple three-step process. Yep. Uh, anyone can do it. You know, selling the dream. And yeah. you know, I've never been to one of his weekend deals, but I have. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming that when they show up uh, this Friday night, they're going to be sold on a three to five thousand dollar weekend seminar of some kind. Uh, and more like and twenty five thousand. Well, yeah. See, uh, and it's unfortunate because people are so desperate to learn how to do this, but yeah. uh, and are convinced, you know, by the gurus that it's easy. And we, you and I, know the truth. It, it really isn't. It's like any other business. Uh, yep. It takes a tremendous amount of dedication and time and expertise uh -huh. before you you can really expect to make a six figure, you know, income on a uh -huh. consistent basis. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And I'm, I might, I don't know if I might bleep out the name you said or not, but uh, <laughs> I've actually taken their their pro. That was one, when I first got started, I got involved with one guy. And then, of course, I didn't learn my lesson, kind of how you were talking about, and got involved yeah. with someone else. And since I got involved with the second group, the guy you mentioned, <laughs> I, uh, I did, I have, I have this, I can go to like their seminars that they put on for their mastery group, right? I was blown away that you already paid all this money and you still go and they still sell the heck out of you. Every single mm -hmm. presentation is either a sell or leading up to a sell of a bigger course. And then they have the inner inner circle, you know, and it's it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm all about paying for some education. And I think there's a lot of good uh, educators out there that you can learn from. But when someone's only goal is to get ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars out of you. And then hand you off to Joe Blow over here who's getting paid 10 bucks an hour and is following a manual. I mean, it's just crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I take, yeah. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's sad because there are, I believe, legitimate and hardworking people out there who, you know, really want to learn how to do this. Yep. And unfortunately, they really don't have a place to go. There is no. Uh, DeVry University of Real Estate. There's no uh, University of Phoenix Real uh -huh. Estate school they can go to. It's really the school of hard knocks. And you almost have to pay that 10, 15, 20 grand to realize, wow, there really isn't anyone out there who can show me how to do this uh, the way I want to learn how to do it. Uh, I got to go figure it out myself. If you haven't gotten so discouraged and so distraught because you just flushed that money down the toilet. Totally. And that, you know, and the, and the educators, the gurus that are out there, it's not to say that they don't have some useful information, some valuable information that you can use. Yeah. But is it really worth 15, 20, 30, exactly. $40,000? Yeah, you know, sure. probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I, you know, I'm going to throw this in. I don't even think you know this, Marty, but I'm one of my goals here, why I uh, did this. And before we kind of thought, it's kind of funny because we talked about how much work all this stuff is. Yes, it, it's, it's been a lot of work. It's a lot more work than I thought. But, you know, I'm going to work on streamlining it. <laughs> But I'm actually going to be putting on, my goal is to create something that I don't think exists. It's kind of like what you mentioned. It's not really out there. Is to create at least a supportive group and kind of a community. And, it, you know, there's going to be a cost. But my goal is to, I feel like people go to the monthly presentations 
and they're great. Like your local real estate clubs, right? They're, they're awesome. But a lot of times they get, you know, that shiny penny, the syndrome where they're focused over here and focused over here and focused over here. And then you have some of those guys that feel like they need a mentor. They go pay 20 grand for someone who doesn't really give them a, a decent program. So I'm trying to uh, create something that's kind of in the middle, a place where people can go together, very minimal cost, mainly to cover the expenses that I have. And of course, you know, make it a business. But um, anyway, once again, my goal isn't to pitch that. I just wanted to men- throw that out there. But mm. all right, let's move on. So I'm not, I don't feel like I'm uh, trying to pitch here. <laughs> With, uh, I'm doing the exact thing we talked about, right? I bet you're going to charge $697.97, right? Yep. Yeah. That's the exact that's, amount. That's no. the, the magic number. Yeah. But uh, okay, so let's dive into your business, what you have going on. Um, what are you doing right now? How are you finding your properties? Okay, so as I mentioned, you know, I live in Phoenix. However, I haven't uh, flipped a home in the Phoenix area in almost a year. Okay. Uh, the last home I bought here was in February. Uh, the last home I, and I sold that house in April. Uh, I've spent the last 18 months uh, working in the Milwaukee housing market nice. and flipping homes there. Uh, last, really last spring, I, uh, well, it's been over a year now. Yeah. So last spring I came to the, you know, came to the conclusion. So I guess it's been about 18 months, I should say about almost two years ago, yeah. it became very clear to me that the, the housing market here in Phoenix is getting really overheated. Okay. Lots of investors, yeah. big and small yeah. hedge funds, $1,500 million hedge funds, yep. gobbling up everything at the courthouse, yep. uh, on the MLS. And, you know, I, I use this analogy. It was like in 2009 when I really got back into it uh, after going through a very difficult time. Uh, you know, I, I did really well in real estate from 2001 to 2007 and then the market crashed and uh-huh. I lost my assets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, so, you know, as uh, I reentered the, the real estate market in 2009 and started house flipping again, uh, you know, I really kind of had uh, the market to myself. I mean, yeah, there were some other big players here, but there was plenty of distressed property to go around. That was 2009. Well, by 2011, you know, I, the analogy I like to use is I, I was uh, the only gas station on a 2011. There was three other gas stations on my corner and we were all competing for exactly. the same customers, right? Yep. So uh, I decided, yeah, I'm going to have to find another sandbox to play in okay. or use that awful word again, job uh, yeah. that my wife started talking about again. So I did some research, uh, quite a bit of research actually, and found uh, several markets, about a half a dozen markets, mostly in the Midwest and the East Coast that were kind of untapped by real estate investors. Uh, Milwaukee was one of them, uh, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Detroit, you know, so really kind of your Rust Belt uh, manufacturing states. Okay. You know, obviously all the sand states like, you know, Florida and Nevada and and Arizona and Texas were kind of overrun. So, uh, you know, I made a pilgrimage, I guess, uh, made a trip out to, to Milwaukee. And what made you think Milwaukee? What You did, obviously did some research. Right. So really what happened is, is I, I met up with a, a housing analyst at a conference, uh, Bigger Pockets conference okay. about uh, t- two years ago. Yeah. A guy by the name of Steve Cook. And we went through some of the numbers and he did some research on my behalf just as a favor. And, you know, what he was looking for, and I think this is a great metric for any real estate investor to use. Uh, is kind of on an average, what are retail homes selling for in your market versus distressed properties, short Perfect. sales and REOs. Yep. Uh, and he had a website uh, and I can share it with you. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. 
But uh, he had a website that he referred me to where uh, it was an appraisal firm, a national appraisal firm. And they track those kinds of things in like 30 different markets around the country. And so I looked up Arizona, for example, and at the time it was at only about a 12% difference between REOs and regular sales across the board. So that's not enough of a margin for guys like us to make any money. Yeah. So what you really want to do is look for markets where there's you know, 30, 40, 50% differences between your average REO and your average retail sale. Uh-huh. So uh, Milwaukee was in the top five there. Uh, awesome. Again, Detroit, I think, was number one. Uh, then uh, you had you know, Milwaukee, and I believe it was St. Louis, Indianapolis. And you didn't want to pick Detroit? The others. Uh, no. no. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. You know, here's what I like about Milwaukee. You know, I like beer, I like brats, and I like cheese. So it, it made all the sense in the world, nice. right? Uh, and, and I love the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. My family's from the Midwest. I have family that live about an hour and a half from uh, the Milwaukee area. So it's nice. So I can come into town. Uh, I go fly out there every other week uh, for two to three days. And uh, I check on the homes that we've got there that we're in the process of rehabbing. And I, I'm sorry, um, you said you go out there how often? Every other week. Every other week. uh, And you go for like a week. week. Uh, Not that long. Usually about two and a half days. I usually fly in on a Tuesday afternoon, come home Thursday night. Wow. That's impressive. So So you, uh, I know we had the talk before and we're talking about house flipping. It's hard to be, you know, totally hands off in some way, just depending, whatever. But you at the same time, you obviously have good systems in place because you're not there. You're not even remotely there half the time. I'm three. Right fourths or four fifths of the time. So yeah. So I feel like, you know, going into the Milwaukee market from Phoenix, I actually graduated from like a junior varsity or a freshman house flipper uh-huh. to the senior class. Nice. Because what I was doing in Phoenix wasn't really rehabbing, I discovered. I was putting lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Uh, uh, the we basic. Were, here in Phoenix, the housing stock is incredibly new. Uh-huh. Most of the homes that, that we were flipping were built in nineteen ninety or sooner. Mm-hmm. We were putting in carpet, we were putting in paint, maybe some tile, some granite countertops. Uh, We weren't even painting. I think in the 100 plus rehabs I did uh, in two years, I don't think I painted more than three of them. Wow, that's crazy. I don't even think I installed kitchen cabinets in more than four of them. So it's interesting that you say that because first of all, when you said, when you're talking about the tighter margins, I was thinking, okay, there's probably less repairs and they're probably newer houses, which... I don't know about you, but kind of around that same time that you were, there was a point where I could buy a newer house, do carpet and paint type thing, flip it and be just fine. But those days for us are long gone. I mean, we need to find properties that need more work that we can actually add some value to because even the retail customer, they can do carpet and paint. So they'll buy those houses with the low inventory. They'll fix them up. They can usually still get them financed. They just do a little cosmetic work and they can pay closer to retail. So um, yes, it is hard to fix like flip newer properties in this market for sure. It really is. It really is. And, but it it wasn't in 2009. I mean, nobody could get a home loan in 2009 (laughs) and if they could, they didn't have any money. So, you know, there was a a very, you know, small window of opportunity there to do it the way we did it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, When I got out to Milwaukee, I mean, the real bargains could be found with those homes that needed extensive foundation repair. Uh, you know, they have, uh, for some reason, they use cinder block for their uh, basement foundations. And so they crack huh. and split in bow in the oh, winter, yeah. you know, with the soil contracting and expanding. So uh, there was opportunities there. Obviously, the housing stock there is very considerably older. Uh-huh. Most of the homes that we buy 
have never been updated ever. You know, they're wow. 40, 50, 60 years old. Wow. They have original appliances in them, original cabinets. That's insane. Uh, you know, one house in particular, a ranch I bought was built in 1970. It looked like someone from the Brady Bunch threw up on it. Wow. It was just, uh, <laughs> it was awful, you know. Uh, but, you know, ironically, they're very clean. I mean, people take good care of their homes in this area, but they just don't necessarily have the money to keep up to date with them. And they just, you know, wood paneling on the walls and carpet over hardwoods and just things that just aren't in fashion anymore. So that's uh, that's my cat here. Get out of here. (laughs) uh, She doesn't like it when I talk this much. It it, it wakes her up. uh, (laughs) Actually, that's not my cat. It's my kid's cats. It's my my wife and daughters. I don't have any pets. My my wife and daughters do. There we go. There we go. (laughs) uh, But, uh, you know, um, the, uh, like I said, I felt like uh, when I went to Milwaukee, I graduated because all of a sudden I was having to do extensive foundation repair, mm-hmm. opening up, you know, closed off floor plans, opening up walls and redesigning awesome. kitchens and bathrooms and yep. putting new roofs on and yeah. replacing all the mechanicals and duct work. I mean, uh, you know, and, and fortunately, I, I had a partner there when I got, initially got started. Uh, and Jay Scott, who also writes, okay. uh, yeah, does some, some work uh, yeah. for, for bigger pockets and, yep. and him and I were able to kind of tackle the market initially. Uh, we're not partners anymore, but, uh, well, we've since gone our separate ways, but we were able to tackle that market together. We really awesome. learned a lot. Is Jay still, is he still in that market? Uh, no, no, actually. Well, we have a few more homes there. We're wrapping up okay. and then it's my understanding he's going to, you know, look for other, other markets to work in. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, like I said, it's a whole different ball game there. It's a whole different yeah. world. And, and it's hard to really build, you know, a, a business to scale. It's, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's hard to do what I did here in Phoenix or sounds like For what you sure, do yeah. Uh, yeah. because of the volume of work that's required to these homes and the process itself. It's a highly inefficient uh, market. Right. Virtually every aspect of the rehab has to be permitted. Uh, yeah. The plumber has to have his own permit. The electrician has to have his or her own permit. It's, yeah, there's a I, lot of red tape you got to yeah, jump through. I think without either a partner or a highly skilled employee, you know, someone that you really trust, someone there on the ground, yeah, that would for sure be, be hard. But at the same yeah. time, though, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that, like I said, you're flipping houses in a totally different, I mean, how far is Milwaukee from you? I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, it's 2,000 miles. I tell you what, that's pretty I tell amazing. you, Justin, it's been a huge, you know, you've been in this, and I've been in this business 12 years, and, you know, I've never have the ego or the pride to boast that I've seen or heard everything by no any way. means. And, no uh, way. and I'm really having a lot of fun doing this, but you know, I'm learning something. I mean, one of the big things I learned, I tried to run the business there like I did here and it uh, just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, you, interesting. you know, I have one project manager here uh, nice. overseeing 10 or 12 homes at a time we'd be working on. Yep. It's just not possible there. The, like I said, the average rehab, uh, we've been averaging about six to eight weeks. I mean, that's just how yeah. long they take. Yeah, well, yeah, if you're dealing with foundational and structural yeah. work, it's yeah, so, it's going to take way longer. It's just not possible to have one point, one person. You really need to have one general contractor slash project manager. The most they can could really manage at one time is three to four homes. That's the, yeah. about the max they can yeah. handle. There's just too much. Yeah, it's the just bigger, bigger projects, hopefully yeah. bigger profits, hopefully. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, the margins are much bigger. But uh, I have, um, I've got 20 going on there right now. Wow, that's yeah. pretty yeah. good considering how, how big they are. Yeah, well, I've got, yeah, we actually have four on the market. I have four on the market and 16 I'm rehabbing right now. So, wow. Oh, yeah. man, you're doing a lot. Yeah. So... How are you finding these deals? 
So mostly MLS. Uh, The uh, one thing I can't emphasize enough, especially especially if you're going to be trying to start rehabbing houses in another market, you got to find a a realtor on the ground who understands how investors think and work. And uh, I'm not necessarily looking for a realtor who is an investor themselves, because then they're going to keep all the deals for themselves, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, But someone who who understands how the business works. So I was fortunate enough pretty early on to meet a terrific realtor. And I actually got my real estate license in Wisconsin as well. So I have MLS access. And so, yeah, I started to get to know the market that way and have been buying almost exclusively, you know, REOs on the MLS and some estate sales. There's quite a few estate sales in in Wisconsin, I don't know why, but uh, why there would be more so than there are here in Phoenix. I've never done one estate sale in Phoenix in in 12 years. Wow. And I've done like six in Milwaukee in the last year. So uh, there's some opportunities there. I've just here recently in the last month met a wholesaler in Milwaukee. Awesome. And this guy's a real wholesaler. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. actually like not, one out not of 100, a, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the real so thing. I've actually just bought my uh, second property from him. Awesome. And and then you start having false, you know how it is, Justin. I mean, you start yep. having some people get the word gets out, stuff yep. starts falling into your lap. Yeah, yeah. One of my contractors just hooked me up with a guy who who just needs to sell his house and his house needs about 80 grand worth of rehab. So I've, you know, buy that from him next week, you know, and uh, it's a great deal. It's a awesome. great deal. So an off market deal. Uh, I don't have to pay anybody a wholesale fee yeah, to just exactly. a referral from my contractor. My yeah. contractor's happy because I'm going to give him the work. That's awesome. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you're buying through agent. Now, are you looking at the MLS every day and telling your agent what to offer on or does he kind of scour it and let you know, Hey, this came up, this came up, this came up. How is yeah. that working? Yeah. My realtor is a woman. Uh, her name's Kim. She, I'm and sorry. Yes, okay. she, yeah, it's okay. But uh, no, she sends me uh, anywhere between 40 and 60 listings a month. And, nice. you know, she may send me three or four in one day and then a week will go by and I get 20. Okay. But uh, I'm usually analyzing somewhere between 120 and 160 properties a month. Okay. So you're analyzing the properties and telling them what to offer. And Exactly. Okay. So she'll send me the listings and... She has a really good idea of what my criteria okay, is. Okay, good. So, and she knows what kind of spreads I need to get. Yeah. So she's not going to just send me a bunch of crap. I yeah. Mean, she's going to yeah. send me stuff that that she knows already based on the list price and what she thinks rehab and uh, you know the retail value is going to be. She thinks, hey, this is could be a good gift yeah. for us. Yeah, awesome. So then I do some further analysis, and you know, I mean. You know, you got to love technology, right? I can sit here in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's 75 degrees outside yep, right now yep. and be looking at houses in Milwaukee where That's it's like awesome. five degrees. And, you know, I've got Google Maps and I've got the MLS up. That's I mean, so I've got, cool. I have three yep. screens here, you know, and I'm looking at well, the map on one side and the, the comps on the other. And I tell her based on the pictures, I see what, what kind of offer we, we should write. And then yep. when we get the accepted offer, then I will go... Uh, you know, I'm flying out there every other week. So there's usually always enough time between when the offer is accepted and I fly out there to get my eyes on it. And to see get it your stuff. eyes on it. And I, I love that you're saying that because so many um, newbie investors, they feel like if I don't have the repairs on the estimation going into this property, perfect, I'm going to lose a ton of money. And I'm like, no, like your estimate when you make the offer is going to be different than your estimate when you inspect the property, right? Because yep. It sounds like you do the same thing as we do. I can have a pretty good idea of what it's going to cost me just by looking at pictures, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of well, course, and those, you know, those things obviously come with for time. sure. 
But, you know, I think people overestimate how long that amount of time is. You do one or two rehabs. Oh, yeah. You've learned enough to know on the next one, hey, this house is within 200 square feet of the last one I did. And it it needs all the same things, but this. Or in addition to this, it needs this. So, like, you know, I had a house I finished in August. And the rehab was 37,000 bucks. Yeah. So I had another house I bought last week. They were almost identical. Yeah. I mean, so I just knew it was going to be about 37 exactly. to 40 grand. That's just what it's going to be. You and know? if you're off by a couple grand, sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to lose a couple grand. No, you're just might not make as might right. make 2,000 less maybe, but you'll still do well, you know? Yeah. You're not going to not do the deal because it, you know, you were off by 2,000 yeah. bucks. So who I, knows? You might get lucky. You might be. Maybe you were off on the comps by 5,000 bucks. So now yeah, you're exactly, up Exactly, exactly. You know? So Which I tell you, I've been fortunate there. On the last couple I've closed, we actually got sold the house for considerably more than I thought. That's awesome. You know, because the weird things. thing about uh, <laughs> Wisconsin and a lot of Midwest markets are like this is there's a real ebb and flow, a seasonality huh. to the market. And values there are increased by almost 30% from Whoa. February to August. Wow. Medium prices. Oh, as man. do the volume of sales. This volume of sales there almost triple from February oh to August. Goodness. So demand goes up. So prices just shoot up. So, so you really know, try to time it then. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm banking. That's why I have 16 houses right now. Oh, I'm banking man. on them, you know, hitting the market between March and April. When I can visit you uh, in uh, May and I just can go hang out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that you know, what I earn in, uh, in May and in June and July will, you know, set me up for the next, you for know, next, half a year or so. Yeah, right? So next few years, cause it's like, I tell people, I'm like, right now they're like, what are you doing in Milwaukee? I'm like, I'm putting nuts away, man. I'm putting my, exactly. putting my nuts away for the summer. You know, it's like the opposite <laughs> of what the squirrel does. Right. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So how, let's talk financing. Um, mm-hmm. how are you getting these properties financed? So, I've been fortunate, you know, I've been doing this long enough and I tell people, even newbie investors, look, if you find a deal, the money will find you. Yep. I agree. Uh, You know, I have, I work strictly with uh, high net worth individuals, private investors, uh, and they fund all of these deals. Awesome. Either through private hard money loans. And usually I'm I'm paying between 10 and 12% for that. Okay. Uh, or I'll just do a partnership with uh, an investor I have an existing relationship with awesome. uh, and we'll form an LLC together and then we'll, we'll use that LLC to buy the home and, and rehab and then sell the home. And then we have an agreement, a partnership agreement within that confines of that LLC. You know, usually it's just in the operating agreement that just stipulate uh, we're going to split the profit in some way. Uh-huh. And then we just negotiate that out. So I'm either in business with my investors or I just borrow money from them. But uh, I don't really ever use traditional hard money from like a okay. hard money lender. And I don't ever pay 16, 18, 20%. Uh, usually yeah. I'm paying between 10 and 12 when I borrow. And these are just, you know, private investors that I've met over the years who know who I am and trust me and know what it is I do. Yep. If, if you're just getting started and you don't have any money, well, I always tell people, just go find a deal. Exactly. Forget about the money. That's what I tell go people find too. A deal. And everyone's yeah. like, do I start wholesaling or flip? I mean, go find a house and you'll figure out what to do. Because if you go find a house, sure, maybe give yourself at least three to four weeks to offload it, you know, in your closing right. time. But right. you can wholesale it. You can go find a lender. You can, I don't like options will come. If, if the deal's right. not good enough, you won't have the options. If the deal is good, like you said, the right. money will follow. 
mm-hmm. options will come. You will figure out a way to make money. But so many people are so worried about the money piece, they never make an offer on a property. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. You don't need money then. <laughs> You're not going right. to need it at all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, you know, we were kind of joking around about gurus. And I was in Milwaukee. Uh, it was actually a year ago. It was uh, January of last year. Uh, and I attended one of their uh, investment club meetings. And I, I'll got to hand it to the guys, uh, and I couldn't tell you their names, but it's the Milwaukee uh, RIA. Uh, okay. you know, so it's Milwaukee. Yeah, invest- we'll try to, we'll try to put investment. that in the show notes. And I'll put that yeah. other link. If you yeah. can send me that other link of that real, sure, the guy we'll that does. Yeah, whatever. I'll definitely give you that. <laughs> okay. But uh, oh, they actually have a very good meeting. And uh, usually, the, the, I attended two in January and February, and they had somewhere between 70 and 100 people at each meeting. Wow. Uh, the, the focus is, seems to be more on the buy and hold side uh-huh. uh, at their meetings. But uh, one of them, they brought in a guru uh, who had a, a weekend seminar. He was selling for 697 bucks yep. on finding private money yeah. uh, to do deals. And I'm sure there was some value there because he talked more about how to paper up a deal with a private investor and how to structure it. So it wasn't as focused on where to go to find it, uh-huh. but I just couldn't help but you know, laugh to myself a few times uh, during his presentation because he made it sound like, you know, what he was about to share or was going to share with you in his boot camp was secrets on how to find it. And it's like, there's no secret. Yeah, it's I mean, like if, mind-blowing. Yeah, if you go to, you know, uh, you, and you and I both know, if someone came to me with a legitimate deal, yeah, I'm going to buy it. I mean, it's like this oh, wholesaler I'm working with in Milwaukee sure. right now. The last two deals he's brought me were gold. I'm yeah. like, I'm, I, I told him, I, he sent me the address and within 24 hours, I said, I'll take it. And I closed five days later. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. he didn't need to worry about yep. the money, yep. you know? Yeah, we're the same way. I had a guy who was concerned about these things. And, and so he put a comment on my post or emailed me. And I told him, I said, look, I don't remember what state he was in, but I've never, I'm not familiar with the state. And I said, look, if you get a deal under contract, that's a good deal. I said, I will find you a buyer within 48 hours. I don't live where you live. I don't know anybody there, but I, I just wanted to do it for fun. Right? I mean, he, hasn't, he hasn't gotten back to me yet. But I said, stop worrying about it. You know, just yeah. stop worrying about it. Yeah. So Let's, uh, in about five minutes, let's give that $697 uh, seminar. So <laughs> let's say, where do you find these guys? And what kind of paperwork do you need? And I know you talked about the LLC, but let's just talk about, you're not paying points then, right? You're paying 10 to 12%. Right. Just straight up 10 to 12% simple interest. Usually it's a 12 month note. Okay. Right. And yeah, I mean, the note's made out to my LLC, uh-huh. and it just depends if the investor uh, wants it secured against the property or not. I okay. prefer uh, unsecured because that it's gives me some, some, some latitude with the property I actually buy. Yeah. And you know, if I'm going to make a cash offer on a house, uh, I have to be able to you know, have that money in my account already. I can't yeah. wait until yeah. I tie it up first yeah. and then go to the guy and get the money because, you know, these, so, these sellers, doesn't matter if it's a bank or a private seller, they're going to see you have proof of funds yeah. for the deal. So uh, typically- so, cool. so these guys will give you just with a note, basic, a promissory note, they'll lend you money. That's right. pretty cool. You have some good rapport built up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But if I was looking to get into wholesaling or rehabbing, you know, like I said, I would make my focus finding the deal. Exactly. And then at that point, once you have it locked up, once you have it under contract, and ideally you've written an attended 12 or 14 day inspection period yep. and, and a weasel clause to walk if you can't, you know, uh-huh. and then and make sure you have an assignment clause in the contract. Then it's, hey, you get on the phone. Like, I'll give you an example, Justin. When I was bird dogging uh, and 
you know, I had decided after about a year, I'm like, I don't need this guy anymore. I could do this myself and make a heck of a lot more money because uh-huh. if I could uh, wholesale it to him for 15, for, you know, he would usually give me three to five grand over what I would lock it up for. And I started yeah. realizing I can make about 15,000 more. Wow. All right, guys, you can catch the rest of this interview in episode 23 as we continue to discuss 2,000 miles away of flipping machine mania from Marty Boardman. Don't forget to join us for the live webinar either January the 23rd or January 30th. You can go to housewhippinghq.com slash mastermind. We'll be talking about the uh, how I run my business, how you can run your business, and we'll also be talking about the mastermind that we have coming up and doing live Q&A. If you've ever had a question you wanted to ask me in front of people, uh, now's your chance. And if anything else, you can come see me, maybe make a fool out of myself because I've never done a webinar. So I am failing forward fast <laughs> trying to get this figured out just how you should be doing with your house flipping business. So, um, you know, you're not alone. I'm out there uh, failing forward fast as well. So housewhippinghq.com slash mastermind. Sign up. We will see you there. Can't wait. And until then, happy, happy house flipping. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.